T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three... Two, one, zero, all engine running. Liftoff, we have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the Permission Granted Podcast, everybody. The show about the show, the show within the show. We take you behind the scenes, and you can always download us Download us by going to iTunes and searching Permission Granted, and then also you can find us on the normal iTunes feed. And you can also find us on the website, daoncbs.com, if you'd like the Permission Granted podcast on demand, as well as the rest of the DA show, full hours, full episodes, and Sunday morning football, all available there. So, Mraz, let's start off with the... The company holiday party on Monday. Uh-huh. We touched on this, but we didn't go whole hog on Tuesday's show. Okay. So it's time to go whole hog. I'm ready for a whole hog. Let's set up the night. I leave after the show, and I go home so that I could change, get some work done, and then come out later. Originally, the plan was we are going to hit the holiday party, company holiday party for an hour, and then go get the annual DA show traditional family dinner. Yes. Myself, you, Pete the Body Bilotti, Andrew Bogish, Kaplan could not make it. Kaplan is working the Monday night football game for Westwood One. Correct. So we were going to do an hour, four to five, and then 5.30, hit hibachi. So I go home, I change, I do some work, and I'm going to meet you guys at four o'clock. The company holiday party goes 4 until 7, which is very early. On a Monday. On a Monday. Everything's all thrown off there. But I think their reasoning was the later the party goes, the more potential for a disaster. These are cubicle people. These are normal (laughs) 9-to-5ers. We can't trust them. This is their chance to really blow off some steam. And we have had some holiday parties that got real grisly over the last couple of years. Yeah, and within the building and not actually at a place. Correct. So I think the company was like, you know what, let's avoid too much disaster. Let's get it done early and done. So at 7 o'clock, we wash our hands of these people. We're not responsible anymore for craziness. That makes sense. Now, the backdrop to that is... We began here at the network in 2013. So our first Christmas or holiday party was December 2014. That first year, now you were here as a part-timer before then. That first year we had it in the cafeteria just down the hallway. Right. And by the way, it was like that in previous years before the network launched as well. Okay. So we had an extended cafeteria. Lights were drawn. Uh, There was a DJ. Right? Yes, there and was, was a, a DJ, DJ, yes. And like coolers of beer. Right. And some finger foods. Yes. Actually, uh, the first year of the network, they rolled out, there were some good trays. 
Ala Vodka and Franchise and such. That was more than finger foods that year. Okay, so that some... was the highest money spent, I would say, per capita <laughs> okay. on a Christmas party. It was that first year of the network. I remember walking in there. It was probably the same time frame, four to seven. And I remember walking in maybe around six because we were doing the overnights. And I said, oh my goodness, this is destruction. Yes. There were salespeople like, I mean, plowed. Just yeah. so hammered. Can't find their way out of the building. There were, I mean, just empty bottles everywhere strewn about. It was like the movie Christmas Party or Holiday. Office Christmas Party, Office yes. Office Christmas Party. It was like, whoa, these people are getting after it. They got to let some steam off. Yeah, blow off some steam. So I don't know if that was the last one, but I think... Well, there were a couple others that followed, but the, after that, it, they became a lot tamer. I think no alcohol after well, that. Well, no, there was alcohol, but no liquor. and No hard alcohol, just no, beer. Yeah, just beer. Beer and wine. And believe me, they capped off the amount of beers they brought in, yeah, if you will. Yeah, yeah. You know, it wasn't endless where, you know, no. you were going to run out early. So that set a, a big tone early, and then the company started bringing it back and back and back to where last year there was no holiday party, if I'm not mistaken. There was, but it wasn't like that. Last year they had everybody put raffle tickets throughout and visit every radio station, and you could pick up cookies and stuff oh, at right. every station. You remember that? The we, traveling road show where right. it wasn't a party. It was one of the days in December they came by to every station and offered some eggnog or cookies. Well, and they basically sent everybody said go check out every station. There's you know you could win tickets to certain events. It was and like a scavenger hunt. Yes, yes, right. You weren't exactly thumping the, the fists up in the air. They didn't want a party. They no. did not. They were like, let's get out of this. Right. Let's because get out of the business of parties. We're not rewarding anybody here. So this year we had a new owner take over the network. A new format. And so I. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was I think it was a little bit like you know Steve Ballmer taking over the Clippers. I want to rebrand this thing. I want to bring back some old stuff. I want to uh, let's let's get the party going. Right. So Literally. Our, our new owners were like let's do a full on party and this was now in Manhattan outside of our building, second floor of a two floor actually the basement floor of a two floor bar slash lounge that had a lot of party favors. There was oversized Connect 4 Ping pong, candle pin bowling, arcade games. Ski ball, right. Ski ball and a slide. A slide to enter the party. So I'm going to meet you guys over there at 4. You have to stay until 3 for CMB on WFAN, right? Correct. And now it also should be noted, Andrew Bogish, the bogeyman, and the body, both technically can leave by 12.30 p.m. Eastern. But just to set that scene, they decide they're going to wait for me to end my job at 3 p.m. to go together. So they're just eating two and a half hours. Yeah, I don't know what they were doing out here. You know, some of us actually had to work for a living. I was working. I don't know what they did out in the newsroom. But I can tell you this, that when my shift ended at 3 and the show I do locally for WFAN ended, I didn't know this until I swung the door open. I swung the door open from my room I was in to those two, plus Caitlin who works with us, standing there, jackets and hats on, giving me the you know the you know the finger like I'm around third base. Hey, you ready to go? You ready to go? They were chomping at the bit. I said, "Geez, can I put my bag down? Can I throw on some mouthwash?" They wouldn't even let me use the bathroom. They were that anxious to get out of work at three. They they were waiting for me. So they had wasted two and a half hours of their life here at work when they didn't have to be at work. Right, and they weren't wasting another minute on me. So you guys finally go leave, and then you go to a bar across the street from this the place we're going to have the holiday party. Correct. Also, it should be noted. I was told that we were going, and this is really, this is the first you're going to hear of this. I don't know if this is factual, if this has ended up happening, but the idea is we were going to a bar that is a gay bar in the city. 
Not for the holiday party. No, no. The pregame. pregame. And the only reason we were going there is Bogish wanted to blindside Pete to see how Pete would react <laughs> and to see if Pete would notice. The problem is, when we got to said bar, I don't know if that ended up being the bar. I was a little lost on this. Yeah. We were the only four people in there, so we couldn't get that vibe. But Bogush was trying to play a prank on the body because, you know, they're in a rivalry. <laughs> it just fell on deaf ears. Mm. So that was a little wrinkle thrown in gotcha. there. Gotcha. The first thing you drink there at 3.15 or 3.30. It was 3.23 Eastern. I remember looking down at my phone. Was a shot of tequila. Yeah, Don Julio, right down the right down the pipe. Who suggests to do that to well, start things off? Caitlin, who handles a lot of our scheduling, uh, not the Bellotti schedule and the other stuff, she lined up, she goes, guys, we're going to, you know, let's just, there's only a three-hour thing. And the premise, by the way, I should add, is that she knew that the rest of us were only going to stay for an hour at right. the party to go to dinner. So if you guys are only getting an hour free drinking, let's just start with a shot of tequila. Sounded like a good idea. Sounded like a good idea. All right. I uh, I took the the shot, put it down the down the chute. That led to a couple other drinks, and we felt pretty good rolling in 40 minutes later. I would say so, because around 4 o'clock, you're rolling, and you get there before me. I then see the video of how you entered. There's a slide to go from the first floor to the basement floor where the party is. They've rented out the entire basement floor. And you go shirtless down the slide. Now, what's the thinking there? You're entering a holiday party where our bosses are and administrators that you have never met before. And your thinking is, I want to be shirtless coming down the slide. Well, I'm glad you asked that, D.A., because this just allows me to make my first public comments on such a, yeah. an ordeal. Because this has become a mini ordeal locally at WFAN. <laughs> and I just want to say that on the Boomer and Geo program that we've played a bunch of the impersonations of you and such... The bet was that I was going to do something ridiculous, and you know I embrace the ridiculous, and I like having fun. Uh The camera guy who handles digital at WFA was like, came up to me as we were at Kocheck. He goes, look, Moraz, they talked about enough in the year. I don't know what you got to do. You just got to do something so we have some kind of payoff. So I look over to my left, and I see the slide. Geo for Boomer and Geo standing right there. I go, all right, you want ridiculous? I go, I'm going down that thing without my shirt on. That set up the tone. That was ended up having the video that you put on your Instagram story and all of that. All it was was a planted cell job because they had hyped up that I would do something stupid. And me, again, think I'm only going to be there for an hour. There's not going to be a lot of opportunity. There's not a lot of people watching. That, to me, felt like the right opportunity to do something stupid and get it out of the way. Cross it off the list. Just kind of like I'm telling you about the giant playoff scenarios. You need a Packer loss. So I just checked that off. That's all that was meant to be. And then since then, the backlash that's ensued. I mean, jeez. Where are you feeling the most heat? Uh, at home, specifically. My wife, she does not like the idea of me going out of my way to embarrass. She said, you're stupid enough that you don't need to purposely embarrass yourself. Right. And she said, when I purposely embarrass myself, I embarrass the household, mainly her, <laughs> the head of the household. So, yeah, I'm feeling heat there. But now, because it's been talked about more locally, a lot of my friends, what are you doing, dude? Like... You know, basically your boobies are flapping all over the place. I heard some of that from my wife as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling a lot of heat for that. When I, I mean, you know I mean? It was just all in good fun. I'm, I'm looking for a chuckle. Well, we're at a party. The party's here. That was my way of saying that. I'm just surprised you weren't nervous at all that we're going to see our corporate bosses. And the first inclination is, oh, who's that guy? The shirtless dude coming down the slide. Okay, now, I didn't think that through. Uh-huh. Ultimately, I was just looking at the people around that I saw that I was comfortable with. You're right. When I shot down and I landed on the bottom floor, there were several people I didn't recognize. Yeah. And they all laughed and gave it a chuckle. Uh, yes, maybe corporate bosses <laughs> long-term, that wasn't beneficial to my career. But I, I didn't think of that at the time. So you've shown up now. You're feeling loose. You've had a shot of tequila and a couple of beers. 
Bogish, Bilotti, Caitlin, our friend as well. Okay, you guys are at the party. I show up uh, probably 4.30 or so, and I, I am in line behind Coat Check, in Coat Check line right behind Chicken Pesto Lady. Unbelievable. Can't, can't make it up. Can't make it up. And so... I told I talked about the story on the air. She's just we're laughing together. She says how much fun she had on the show. She went home to Boston for Thanksgiving. People still listen to the show there. They had her saying, "You like that big boy?" Over the like course of Thanksgiving, so that was very funny. So we come downstairs. We see you. There's a big like, "Hey, hey!" Yeah, exactly. And I see you walking down. And if I could give a brief timeout and just an anecdote to that part of it, imagine that the reveal never happens. You would have been in line behind you like that big boy without ever thinking, I wonder if this is you like that big boy. Like, and she would have been at a Christmas party and you would not have known it was you like that big boy probably. Right. Because you needed though. her to say it right. and then it all connected. Right. So the idea that that happened, like we could have had that giant misconnection at the Christmas yes. party. Isn't that unbelievable? Yeah. yeah the timing right. of that is crazy. So now we're at the bar. It's open bar and the open bar is very solid. Very uh, open. I was only looking at the beers, but they had Coronas and Stellas and Bud Lights and Heinekens, I believe. So yes. I had a Stella. had a couple of Stellas over the course of the night. Very fun. Very nice. Got to talk to some people that I see around the office but don't really get to catch up with. It was very cool. You, though, are mixing a billion different alcohols. You've done tequila. Did you, you drank Coronas at the bar beforehand at the pregame? Corona Light pregame, Coronas in-game. In game, but then you're also drinking Malibu and diets. Malibu and diets, which is a delicious drink. It's delicate. Why are you going after Malibu and diet cokes? You know, it really just depended at what point I was going up to the bar. If I was going up to the bar with somebody ordering a liquor drink, like that I was talking to, then I would order my version of a liquor drink was the Malibu and diets, which is not exactly, you know, the exactly Washington manly. well, the Washington Hogs up there on the offensive line. No, it's, no, it's not. It's I basically drank the kicker version of a. It's a, a foo foo drink. Yeah, and then if I was it's going a sorority up, girl drink, it's a disaster, but it's delicious. So I don't really care. So that was my. Uh, somebody's ordering a Maker's Mark. I'm ordering a Malibu and Diet. Then I would go up. Somebody was ordering a Stella. I'd order a Corona. And I honestly, that first shot of tequila, just on a. Ve- I, it also should be noted, I did not eat a bunch all day. I had the stupid diet shakes and everything because I expected to gouge at hibachi and be catching shrimp in my mouth like I was a seal. So. Not a good basis of food in me. Shot of tequila to start. I started making really bad decisions. <laughs> so Robbie is there. Oh. I've got him singing holiday songs to me, Christmas songs. I'll be home for Christmas. Baladi's there throwing candle paint. We brought this up on the air. Bogish is an all-star. What a great mingler he is. He's oh, having yeah. a few cocktails. He's getting into it. He's a great conversationalist. He's very friendly and warm. He's funny. He's having a good time. I've never really seen him like that outside of maybe my wedding. Like a politician working the room. He's great. Yeah. He's a real all-star. He knew knew what to do. He He was the eye-opener of the night. To me, that was a wow moment. Wow, Bogish really can handle himself at a party. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him at the body's wedding now. Yes. See how he works the room. So then it comes time at 5 o'clock, do we leave for Hibachi? And I say, you know what, guys? I've got the reservation for 6 we can leave at 5.30. We'll, right. we'll reassess at 5.30. 5.30 comes, I go, let's push it off another hour. We're having a good time. At this point in time, Boomer Esiason is hugging you. He's having a great time. He's telling you that he thinks that you're hysterical. In fact, at one point, he's biting your nose. Yeah, bit my nose, yeah. And he wasn't happy that that got out either. He called me a rat today. <laughs> he said, I don't like rats. 
And Gio said, Boomer was finally on your good side. You might have rubbed him the wrong way. I said, I can't have that happen. He still bit my nose. He gave you a nuggie. Yeah. Yeah, nuggies and nose biting. It was a Christmas miracle. And so I'm like, do you guys really want to leave? And it's you and Bilotti, and you're looking at me for the for the the quarterbacks call in the huddle. And I'm like, look, we can leave here for the final hour. We can leave at six, and then the final hour is going to be here, and it's open bar and all this food and everything. And we can go to a quiet hibachi restaurant and eat. But I know the feeling. We're going to go there and then be thinking about what we're missing at this party because Bogish is glad-handing everybody. You've got a nose being bitten by Boomer Esiason. True. It's an open bar. Bilotti seems like he's having a good time. Nobody's at that point like, let's get to dinner. And my whole idea was I never wanted the family dinner to be on the night of the party, but it was the only night that really kind of worked. Right. And um, and also, we didn't have high, let's be fair, it shows me, no, we're talking about how glamorous is. We didn't have high expectations based on past company parties here of this party. Beyond that, I thought it was going to be terrible. I thought we show up, we do our mandated, hey, we did what was right for the company, and then we're out of there. Right. And we show up, we're like, oh, this is a great party, great spot, good people. You can play candle pin polling. You can play, uh, you know, as I mentioned, all these other. Papa shot, ski ball, connect four, you name it. It was great. Ping pong, all pool. these. Yeah, and um, they're playing pretty good music, and it's open bar, and it's a good bar, and it's not too long to get a beer. And I'm like, do we really want to leave this? So I make the executive decision, guys, let's just stay here and reschedule holiday dinner, family dinner for after the new year. Right. The body was not happy at that point. He did. He wanted to leave for dinner. He never wanted to go to the Christmas party to begin with, and although he put on a good face, I get the vibe he didn't even have a good time at the Christmas party. Interesting. And he felt like, to me, and I don't want to put words in his mouth, that we were duped into he would have just went home to begin with then if we weren't going to end up at dinner. That's fair. I don't like changing plans and a guy late in the game. Well, you I know don't. how he is. He's stuck in rotation. Now, he's saying all the right things, uh, but behind closed doors, I don't think he was pleased. So that's totally fair. That's a vote against the decision. I think... Overall, and plus Kaplan couldn't make it, so it does help that we can schedule now a night where Kaplan can make it. In retrospect, do you think it was the right call? Oh, I'm going to say no. Wow. No. Now, at the time, I agreed with the call. Knowing how... Eh. All right, I'm, I'm hot or cold on this. I'm, spe- I'm speaking at, from this from a purely selfish point of view. I had gotten way too drunk. I'll admit it right on the podcast. Way too fast on the empty stomach and all. And I think that if I would have eaten more when I first got to the party of a bunch of stuff, and I think because I didn't eat more, I ended up way too drunk. And I think in the end, I just needed, I, by the end, when I'm getting Wendy's off the train, it dawned on me, I probably should have relaxed a little, sat down and uh, and eaten. At the time, though, caught up in the moment, I was having a raging party. But in hindsight, I ended up leaving at six, like 40 minutes after we made that decision anyway. So for the 40 minutes, was it worth me not to have shrimp fly in my mouth? Probably not. Probably not would be my thought. Okay. I think it was the right decision, and I stay, stand by it even in retrospect. No, that's fine. I, Being again, open-minded about it. No, all I will say, and again, I want to reiterate, I was not anti the decision at the time. I was totally living in the moment. I understand. And here's what I think would have happened. I think we would have left at 6, sat down at dinner, and had a hibachi meal, which would have been fun, but 
we would have consistently thought, like, why did we just leave a party where everything was True. free? True. I get that. You're and, probably right. And we would have done dinner and then come back and been like, did we make a mistake? And we all would have said, yeah, we made a mistake. We should just stay to the party. Yeah. yeah no, I, I, I get that. And honestly, maybe I might have fallen asleep at the hibachi table, too. <laughs> I I had so much tequila pumping through because I did more tequila shots there pumping through my veins that I got on the train and I was snoring. Like, I, yeah, I, I might have sat down at hibachi that he's doing the beaten heart with the fried rice and I, I got nothing. I, you know, I, I got no no juice. We will have a family dinner. It's honestly it it the Kaplan factor. For those who don't listen, Kaplan does such a good job on the Watch the A stream. He should be there. Correct. So that is totally what's fair is fair. But you got the problem is Pete. I, I'll say it right now. The problem is Pete. Getting a guy to do something outside his comfort zone is tough. So to get him to stay after work as it was to get to go out to dinner is tough enough. Now we threw the party in there. For him not to have, the, you know, had all that. Now we're talking about a guy who's going to get married next week. And all we heard about is his damn wedding for 10 months. And as a newlywed in January, what will the excuse be? You know, I, it seems like to me that myself, you, Bogish, and I think even Capital Extent will be pretty much open any day we figure out for dinner. This guy, you would think he's like the president. Like you can't, you can't figure it out. So I don't know. I just think finding a date with Pete, he is going to make this ultra difficult for us in January. That's my prediction. It will become difficult because of Pete, and Pete will secretly, uh, internally hold some kind of grudge that we didn't have this dinner done with already. That's just my opinion. I hope to be proved wrong. So we end up staying until the end. You guys leave at around 645, like you said. I think Bogus stuck around for a little bit longer. Oh, he stuck around longer because I got text messages from later basically searching for me. The company does such a good job at 7 o'clock, they go, Keep the open bar going. They say we're buying another Did hour. They? they bought another hour. It extended until eight. I didn't know that. Yeah, You're, this is the first I'm hearing of that. So I was there, and I was like, "All right, yeah, we'll stay." Because still at that point, there was probably sixty percent of the the party was still there. Jeez, you see, and this is what I'm talking about. Number one, I don't. I would have eaten earlier had I known we we're gonna have dinner. I left at six forty-five, knowing I was pretty drunk. It was gonna end in fifteen minutes anyway. If I knew it was gonna end at eight, then I wouldn't have. I would have just been like, "All right, I have another hour." Mm-hmm. In my mind, I was like, "Ah, hey, let me just beat the crowd. I can make this train." Now, unlike my wedding, where I made the announcement early in the night, I said, we are getting an extra hour here. It right. was supposed to be at 11. Now we're ending at midnight. They never made a public announcement. I only got that through people that were around like, oh, did you hear they're going to buy an extra hour? They never made an announcement. Now, did they actually buy another hour? Or? Yeah, because I got a couple more beers on the house. I'm saying, or did somebody else put their credit card down and not know they were buying for everybody that extra hour? No, no, no. I, I think it was it was a scheduled thing. So... That was that. So it was a good night. Now you end up getting on the train, falling asleep. Out like a light. And that's when you wake up and you realize I'm a couple stops away. Danielle, come and get me. We're going to go to Wendy's. Yeah. I got off, walked off the train platform on Long Island, walked down there. My wife was with the dog in the car. You know, she's basically in her pajamas, just, you know, ready. And I briefly texted with her. I hadn't verbally talked to her. So I don't know if she knew what to expect. She knew I had a couple drinks. And she seen me in my good times and bad times on a night out, sure. of course. I got in the car, and she said she just looked at my eyes and knew she was in for trouble. And I had the giggles a little bit, and I just looked at her. And I, the only thing I said to her, I go, Wendy's, now. <laughs> you didn't eat? Whatever. So we got there. And then that led to my infamous Trash Tuesday where she's picking up my fries. And then she kind of got annoyed me. So I got home. I ate my Wendy's, and I kind of have this, like, blank stare at the TV. I don't know if you ever get that. If you drank too much, where you're just like, I got nothing here. I really have nothing. I'm just I'm just trying to eat. 
put together anything. She's watching like Teen Mom or something. And I knew the Monday night game was on, but I couldn't really focus. I'm like, can I get the Seahawks Viking game on? She sends me to the bedroom. Goes, go watch the game in your bedroom. She goes, you're talking like an idiot. She has me taped on Snapchat to her friends. Like I was saying a couple <laughs> stupid things coming up. I go to lay in bed and I got the end of the first half of Viking Seahawks on. Russell Wilson, I remember that. Next thing I know, DA, it was 3.30 in the morning and I got up to use the bathroom. I went, whoa. What happened? And then she told me I woke up in the midnight. She told me I was snoring, and I, I laughed at her. I told her I got you. I was messing with you. I have no recollection of any of that. So it was so weird to me on a Monday, and then ultimately my alarm really goes off at 5 a.m. to get back to work, and I just put on the old work boots and got back in here and said, that on a Monday should never happen. You've been playing behind all week. All week. All week. And now I'm in the process of, by the way, staying for a couple 13-hour shifts back-to-back. I, this is a long week for me. I, you know, you make fun of get me to Friday. I'm there. Get me there. So that was the holiday party in full. I thought it was a really fun night, really good party. It was a blast. Really good time. And now we're right in the middle of the 12 DAs of Christmas. Uh-huh. And we just played number seven, you scolding Bogish about <laughs> his career. Uh, I would say that the 12 DAs have been phenomenal at this point in time. I can't believe they're still a top six to go. It does feel like they've been going on forever, doesn't it? The, it has. Not in a bad way, but it, it feels like we've been doing 12 DAs since October now. I don't know why. <laughs> well, I think I think the the promotion of it, the propaganda, starts earlier and earlier every year. Right, it's like <laughs> Christmas trees being out in stores or Christmas music playing. Every year it starts earlier. We might play number 12 on August 30th next year. And I do think that with Torg Bellinger being the presumed number one all season, and that happened in early April. Right, AP preseason one. There was an expectation since April, oh, these are 12 DAs candidates, and where does it stack? And so it just feels like it's taken a long time to get here. Sure. So now we're, now we're in the top six. You're right. I guess every time something happens. Can I also make another side note to that? We are at... We're taping this on December 12th. Okay, 2019 doesn't start for another three weeks. We already have three 12DA candidates for 2019 saved in the folder. Three! Three! Which is amazing because this is a lot like the Oscars, like we say. Oscar season ends on Thanksgiving for us. 12DA season ends on Thanksgiving, then it rolls over to the next year. And generally speaking, the history of the 12DAs and funny stuff that happens... You get less and less in the fall area where football season's going on. We usually get a lot of the craziness from February to August is the bulk of, hey, football's not going on, so there's more room for crazy. We're in the heart of football season. We already have three candidates. What does that say? What are the three? It's the Boston family going crazy after the the Patriots lose. Right. It is uh, murder of crows. (laughs) Murder of crows. And... There was something, oh, I didn't know something, which you could insert that into any 12 DAs. I forgot what I didn't know last week, but it's I didn't know something, and you guys kill me for it. Kill me. What was it? What did I not know? I think it was me arguing where, like, I would still argue that Columbus is a pilgrim. It was an extension of that, but it was off something else. Ah, damn it. I don't know. My my brain is. Maybe off of pride of die. Yes, it was an extension of pride to die that led to me not knowing something else. Oh, well, it was the fact that you said, well, I'm going to be learning the rest of my life. Yes, and yes. you guys are already done learning, so you're going to have a wonderful life ahead of you. Yes, that segment is already on the 12 DAs. Candidacy. So I don't, like, 
We went off 33 candidates this year to boil it down to 12. And we already have three. Are we going to get to like 50? <laughs> How are we going to do it? We're going to listen to 50 segments? We didn't even listen to 33 this year. They've all been really good. They've all been really, really fun. They get better. As somebody who's the one in charge of cutting them, they get better. As you edit them. As I edit them. I am openly cackling in the morning when I edit. Because I'm about a week ahead. Matter of fact, the last one I have left to do is number one, which I won't reveal. But I got to cutting up what was voted number two. Oh, boy, was I holding my belly with laughter. <laughs> oh, I couldn't. So here's my question. I find myself laughing harder now more frequently than at any other point in the show's history, which hmm. I think leads us to having more 12 DAs candidates. Probably. Do you think we are right now hitting at our highest level ever as a show? Yes. But I think that's natural because I think each year you're together as a show. But we haven't always been with these guys. It's just you and me. No, but I believe now we're at the same amount of time with the body and bogus that we were with Brock and Schwartz, which was the youngest, longest running. And even to an extent, Joe D and, and James Ward and company, because remember, Joe D came after Moralia. There was always staggered and we, we had different anchors in that evening position and stuff like that. Now I think we've reached that point in time where we are about it the longest we've been with all the other time slots, more or less. So from that standpoint, it's going with that. And I also think me and you have been together so long that that creates more chemistry. And then you throw in the fact that, frankly, we've gotten so much approval and so much positive feedback from affiliates and stuff that the bosses are completely laid off. Where we, not to be micromanaged, maybe that's the wrong word, we were told at times in the past, I have no problem saying this, scale back he spent a little too much time getting goofy on that or a little too much time on that where we thought it was hysterical maybe they want us to do three minutes on a certain subject instead of nine let's say now i mean look at the show i've booked on thursday katie lindall we're doing a christmas spectacular which is always fun joey waller's getting engaged and i got you know more battle of the bulge coming that's all on a football thursday that never used to fly i just think we are so hands-off from management that we're allowed to fly with our own wings, if you will. And from that standpoint, I do think the show is at its strongest. For my money. I might be biased. Do you laugh more now yes. than you did when we were, me, you, Brock, and Schwartz in the overnights? I laugh more, not to say that a lot of those moments weren't funnier, but I laugh more now because, I, A, I'm not as paranoid I was paranoid in the, uh, in the overnights for two reasons. Number one, I wasn't getting any sleep. I was getting more sleep, and I was getting more sleep than you guys, and I wasn't getting any sleep. I wasn't sleeping right. So my brain was kind of fried. Number two, I was still very young in the business that I don't know that I trusted myself, A, with bosses, or B, myself in general, that I was making the right decisions as a producer or anything like that, or even when I turn on my microphone and I'm on air. All of that is out the window. I couldn't be more comfortable now. Oh, we, we can see that. Right, so that... <laughs> Yeah, You're lecturing bogus. Right, exactly. So that for that, yeah, I I find myself laughing way more because I'm more relaxed. Not that, not that. Believe me, I, I still make more than enough mistakes, as you know. But yeah, I think the relaxed and not as worried and more uh, confident in my own standing within the show and within the company, I think, absolutely makes me laugh more now. To me, I think that's a good way to put it. I think that what we used to do on the overnights was inherently zany because. We were lacking a lot of sleep. Yep. And, you know, you have to keep yourself entertained 
and having a good time and smiling or else the hours will brutalize you. It'll make you depressed. So I think we had to be a little kookier and crazier. And there was a little bit of an expectation of, oh, we're the overnight show, so we're supposed to be sillier. Right. But I would say, and Planet Steve-O always made me laugh. Joe D and the impersonations of his mom, hysterical. Great. Ward. I mean, we always had really fun shows. I mean, we did those chicken challenges in that evening time slot, which might be the most memorable events of the DA shows. Yep, yep. We had wiener ships at that time as well. That was when Jacob was calling the wiener ships. Right, and not, you know, Vegas baseball games. So I think it just, uh, there's a, it was a, High bar to cross, but I I think now, for all the reasons that you mentioned, I think because it's so hands-off around here on us, that these shows are really, really funny. There's just moments where I'm like, wow, that's hysterically funny that that just happened on the air. And I think the best part about it is I get on the old Iron Horse train every day and have a general idea what sports stories we're going to talk about. And I might find a kooky story like today... When I was scrolling my phone on the train, I knew I wanted the, and I brought that up, the World Cup strip strip club, and which ended up being great. The MLS Cup trophy. Right, the MLS, I'm sorry, not the World Cup, the MLS Cup trophy. But it's, you don't know what you're going to laugh at when you wake up every day. You have no idea what's going to happen in here. And perfect example is that, that MLS Cup trophy. That story, when I'm looking at it going, this could be funny, leads to you and Pete going back and forth with drops over strip club music. Like, that's not what I envisioned, but something was there. Could never predict So that. it's the idea that you wake up every morning, and people may listen to the show and think, like, ah, they really stage pre-plan that. There is so much on this show that is actually off the cuff, off of planned things. Like, you know, it has structure, but then a lot of stuff happens off the cuff. That's the most hysterical, that the idea that you wake up every day, and if you turn on the show every day, or we come into work every day, we have no idea what is going to come out of these microphones and end up being hysterical and classic any single day. Yes, I think that because of the, that reason, you will people will look back on this era and be like, remember that era of the DA show, how crazy, how funny some of those bits were? Which is why I think we have so many 12 DAs. Candidates, here's my final point. Did Jacob Wilkins oh. end up ruining his legacy on the DA show from his hit earlier in the week when we had him on from the baseball winter meetings and he flamed out when he was supposed to give us crazy, kooky home run calls that he was trying to sell himself as a minor league baseball broadcaster to potential GMs? You know, I have a lot of thoughts in this, and I don't know that there's nearly enough time, but I will say this. I felt really sorry for Jacob Wilkins. Like it was, a, it was like watching a, a veteran player in any name your sport here get to the end of his career and just <laughs> like it's not what you remember. And not to say Jacob's at the end of his career. Dwayne Wade coming off the bench, right? Where you're watching and you're just like, oh man, I miss the good old days. And Jacob, what he did the other day on the phone made me long for those chicken challenges. And made me feel really sorry for him. Like, well, Jacob, what happened to you, man? Like, it reminded me of that. Remember uh, Goldberg from Mighty Ducks when he gets arrested for, like, heroin and he has that that picture and you're like, that's Goldberg? Like, that was my reaction. I'm like, that's Jacob? What is Jacob doing here? You bomb. Bellagio in a deep left. Cha-ching! And they're on the board in the bottom of the second. Okay, not bad. So you want to become the, vo- the voice of casino baseball. Right. Okay. Now, history will be kind to Jacob. Okay. The problem is (laughs) you can't put him on the show again for a while. Can you maybe give me a jumbo shrimp home run call or game winner? Well, 
if I must. Hmm. All right. Line drive, left center field. Base hit coming around is Amanda Laura, a seafood platter for all tonight. And the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp win. A Jumbo Shrimp win, of course. And I think by the time... Radioactive right now. And I don't know how long a while is, but, like, you can't run Jacob back out there. He needs to sit in the minors for a little bit Mm -hmm. to come back up. Uh, He's almost got the yips, kind of. Rick Ankiel is a good example of what happened to Jacob Wilkins. And I think... When the sh- you retire years and years down the line, and we look back and cheese, I mean, I don't know how we'd ever fit that into a three-hour show. All the moments, <laughs> Jacob Wilkins and calling chicken challenges and stuff to me will still always make the cut of the pantheon of somewhere in those three hours you'll hear something from Jacob Wilkins. So I think history will be kind to him. But currently, you have to look at Jacob the other way and go. I don't know that you have what we thought you once had. <laughs> So the best you can come up with is cha-ching and a seafood platter for everyone. That's the best you got for me. Well, it's early in the day. Okay. You know, uh, by four, I'm sure I'm sure I'll have uh, a multitude of, of different ideas. Okay. And I don't know if you could ever get it back, and maybe you won't ever get it back, but it was that brutal. Because now the guy's responsible for maybe the worst segment ever on the show. <laughs> So if that's the case, you just hope he's not remembered for the worst segment. And I think I do think history would be kind, but it's got to be a little bit. He needs he needs to go reflect somewhere. Well, it's amazing because I had I wanted Jacob to come on because he is really trying to get a job as a minor league broadcaster in, in baseball, an organization somewhere, and has to go to the winter meetings. It's kind of like a, a, a job fair of sorts for broadcasters. And I said, okay, come on and give us some really – funny, wacky, big personality play-by-play calls, which he has done in the Chicken Challenge of the Wienership. Sure. And he flamed out. I mean, he gave us a cha-ching, which was terrible because it was about a baseball league that doesn't exist. Yes. Which is run by casino employees. Yeah, still and then, was confused on the league parameters. I mean, Ricky Williams had a better structure than he did. And then I, I said, well, what about another minor league team? And he said, well, there's the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, which, okay, perfect. Here's a crazy Jacob Wilkins home run call that has to do with silly seafood. And he says, the Jumbo Shrimp win a seafood platter for everyone. <laughs> Anything else you want to tell us about this trip to Vegas? Uh, Well, you know, it's... Uh... A lot of nice weather. Uh, you know, might uh, try to come, you know hit the slots tonight. Uh, the rodeo convention. That certainly, I really like where that's that's going. That's not. Oh, it actually hurts my heart to hear you re re say. And that's... it seemed like he wasn't ready to do it. Yeah, and uh, here's my problem with that. Number one, you. We I just said a lot of stuff so off the cuff. You had been planning this segment for Jacob going to the winter meetings for a while. And not that we knew exactly what he was going to say, but you kind of gave an idea what you were looking for. I never have anybody script out what they're going to say, but I give them the idea so that they know where it's going and then we can ad-lib off that. And he had a month to think of that and came up with that. Number two, he's at the winter meetings. He's actually talking to teams to interview. And the guy's got nothing. Why did he fly to Vegas to begin with? If that's what he's going to give these teams. If that's what he's given us, what is he giving in person to teams? He's got to be a stuttering mess. Has anybody ever had such a high high and such a low low? Like no. Jacob Jacob is part of one of the greatest moments in DA show history, the Chicken Challenge. And now one of the worst. I mean, I guess it's kind of like 
Peyton Manning winning a Super Bowl, then also throwing a billion interceptions in an AFC Championship game. And again, people remember Peyton Manning for the good times, which is why I think you'll remember Jacob Wilkins for the good time for the bad times. But Jacob Wilkins' gaff, though, that's Bill Buckner. Like Buckner never hit a walk off in a World Series. Had he done that, that's fine. And Wilkins has the walk off. But, I mean, that's the ball through the legs. So is that Mark Sanchez two AFC title games versus the butt fumble? Yes, and everybody remembers Sanchez for the butt fumble. Wilkins had a butt fumble. And and brutal. I I got a lot of texts from people <laughs> who are fans of the show who are in my inner circle going, what happened with Jacob there? Why did you even put him on if that's what was going on? Like, that generated more reaction. And it really sullied the show, to be fair, because we, we've had how many good moments. Nobody left yesterday's show talking about whatever the 12DA was we played. That Now, I don't even remember what the 12DA was. It was the JFK conspiracy. JFK conspiracy. We should have left talking about that and laughing, but instead we talked about a seafood platter for everyone. <laughs> and, a, and by the way, on a bad phone line, no less. It was terrible. Every part of it was terrible. It was terrible, and I can't believe it because Jacob is so smart and he's so good. If I told you he's going to come in and call a snail race at CBS, you'd be like, he'll be awesome. Be great at the snail race. And you know what? Jacob should take his own advice that got lost in this bombing. Go speak to the rodeo people. Go to the rodeo. Get out of the baseball business because it's not for you. (laughs) It's not for me. Or not for him. You want to talk about kiddo, Jacob. Ain't happening, kiddo. Do we need to have some type of intervention with him? Well, we can. I mentioned this to you off the air. I'm hosting Christmas Day, which I'm sure will be a ratings bonanza in the morning <laughs> in for the DA show. And Jacob Wilgins, I found that, is filling Andrew Bogus's shoes. Is it okay if I press him on this issue? Oh, I think so. I think you have to. I think it's the only way. I think way. I'll replay it for him in person, and he can discuss whether he thinks he bombed <laughs> yes. or not. So, as you can see, a lot of sports will be done on Christmas Day as well. <laughs> All right, that was an elongated, wonderful deep dive, PGP. It's so much better when you don't have to run out of here. I know. Uh, does that count as side B? Because now, yes. okay, good. Yes. All right. As you can see, we're not going to edit that out. <laughs> good. Okay, good. Let's work for me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Continue to lock in for the 12 DAs of Christmas as we count down the greatest moments of 2018. Until next week, the permission granted podcast disconnects. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. 